0: Welcome to the Rotor Revolution RC Podcast, with Brian Birdsong, Alex Dean, Kenny Hutton, and Nick Wisdom.
1: Welcome to the Rotor Revolution, I'm your host Nick, and we got the uh, usual crew with us here this week. Say hello, fellas. What's up?
0: What's Hello,
1: fellas. Every time I laughed every time, Alex, when I was working on the episode, when I heard, like, what's flying over here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that just got me every single time from last week. Anyway, what's up, fellas? We're all freshly returned from the Winter Bash Fun Fly over this past weekend and mostly recovered at this point. And uh, we're gonna spend some time this episode talking about the Winter Bash Fun Fly. But we're going to catch up with Brian, who sadly wasn't able to join us down at the Winter Bash. See what he's been up to the last couple of weeks. Then we'll talk about the fun fly, do some news, and get into some predictions and hopes for next year after that. All right, let's go ahead and get started. So, Brian, first of all, we definitely all missed you. It was awesome getting to hang out with with three of the crew. You were definitely missed. But uh, what were you up to while we were uh, offline in Florida?
0: I was crying, first of all, right, because I couldn't go. (laughs) We did so it on I had, purpose. I know, man. I know, I know. I had. And I was telling you guys last week. I had FOMO like a mofo because I really wanted to go, but you know, the I, I had to put the wife, you know, as priority number one for that her her event, uh, which went very well. So we had a good time. So no regrets there at all. But besides that, though, I was able to build the new orange scheme, Kraken S. And what a fantastic build that was. You know, all SAB birds are great builds. The manuals, again, are second to none, very good, very detailed. And, and I love how detailed detail they are, too, because, you know, there's no second guessing a step, right? It's just very seamless. And it's very clear on what you have to do and and get through that part. I've, I've read other manuals of other... <laughs> Manufacturers, I won't name any, but sometimes it's like you have to turn the page and angle it one way or the other. And say, Are they sure that screw goes in that hole, or is that the right size, or what? But you know, you don't you don't have to do that with an SAB kit. So, but this Kraken S was cool, and you know, I wanted to build it because I, you know, heard there were some changes, some architectural changes to the bird, right? And the only two main changes I found were the the new rigid. ESC tray. So no longer do they have that little dangling tray, you know, like they have on the current Krakens and raws for that matter. This one kind of bolts down to the frame in all four corners now. So very rigid. Looks way very more cool. secure. Yeah, way more secure. But you know, I, I tried to say, you know, well, what's you know, what's the primary difference though, aside just that? I mean, because even the one that dangles, I mean, it's still Pretty sturdy, right there, right. I mean, especially with the canopy on it, it's not moving with the canopy. Yeah, it's not moving because place. if you look at it, Alex. I mean, it got the little wings on the side of it. And that's one thing I noticed. Like, man, those wings sit up against the canopy, and so I guess that's kind of some extra security there for that one. So I was like, okay, I get it, I get it. But I will tell you this: you know, I was posting pictures as I kind of progressed through the build process on on the hangout, and and Kerry Brooks you know, good old Brooks, what's up, Kerry Brooks, pinged me in the background. He was asking me, you know, what what's that new, you know, rigid ESC tray like? And I said, it's pretty cool, man. I said, you know, you know, it bolts down in all four corners. I sent him a picture of it just so he can see it again. And he said, because, you know, I'm one to not fly with a canopy. Right. Anyone who flies we, without a canopy would prefer He never that. flies with the canopy, right? And he said, I can see my ESC vibrating on the current yeah. tray. Hmm. He said, I've I've had it, you know, I had a bad auto I cracked the frame right up under the tray and I've had to reinforce it with you know, like a little metal bar or something like that. And he was like, I really want to try the sturdy, rigid tray. I, he's, and he was asking me, you know, if the upper frames would probably kind of swap out with the current setup. And I said, I don't know, to be honest with you, I don't know. I said, I don't know if it would hurt to buy upper frames just to give it a shot. But but yeah, he was very interested in the rigid tray because he just doesn't like the current setup. The way yeah, what I was going like to say is like,
1: could you retrofit an older Kraken to this? Yeah, newer setup. I have no
2: doubt. Yeah, I'm sure that the upper tray is the same. Seems like you just need a little brace on each
0: side or something. Yeah, yeah. But the but if you look at it though, I mean the the frame extends all the way out now. So where you know the the current tray just kind of hangs there. It's just that void of space underneath it. Yeah. Well, this one now the upper frame goes all the way up to the top to the tip of it, and so you can bolt down into it. So there is a difference. If the holes still line up with the, you know, the rest of the frame, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll have to experiment with that and see.
2: Okay.
0: But uh, but that was pretty cool. The other change on the bird too, I think they use a metal landing gear mount instead of just the one piece into the, the current.
2: Is that like gear. a strip going across the bottom like other helis have? I haven't
0: seen that. No, they're actually two or well, four little 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 brackets that you uh, screw to the bottom of the landing gear. And then those then attach to the frame itself, the little metal piece at the bottom of the frame, which looked pretty cool. And I, I would suspect that, you know, it just gives it a little bit more rigidity, too, for, from having bad landing. Um, The plastic is really easy to crack when you, if you just barely, I mean, you have a bad auto rotation and you just touch the ground, you crack that plastic just like that. Well, this is, should probably give you a little bit more resistance to that. So
2: yeah, that might be more like the old designs on the, I saw the couple guys were still if you use like the black nitro and them had, they had the slipover design where the original skid slipped over the frame and those were pretty durable, but it's a whole, you know, it was a lot heavier design too,
0: like that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean that was that was fun, <laughs> you know. But posting those pictures on Facebook too, you know, of course, you you get some good feedback and you get some not so good feedback. And so some folks were were not so you know happy with those changes. Oh, you know, I don't like that rigid ESC tray because you know it, the, the the current one helps my ESC break away easier, right? So now will it will it break away easier, et cetera, et cetera, and You know, and I'm like, well damn, how hard did you crash?
2: I don't (laughs) I don't know that I want my ESC breaking away. (laughs) I mean, that just depends
0: really on how you mount
1: your ESC. If you're like me and you use like two zip ties and a little bit of double-sided tape, yeah, your ESC will totally break away. But if you bolt it to a rigid ESC mount, no, it's probably not
0: gonna break away. Yeah, yeah. You know, one lesson I learned from my quest crash, and I, I bolted it down, right, was to just use, you know, really high durable velcro and that that goes across the entire bottom of the esc i mean it's so firm for what i do with what the f3c and i'm not like really throwing my helicopter around it stays put and if i think and i haven't done it but if if i do have another terrible crash like that it would easily just kind of tear away from the velcro and and not necessarily get damaged like it did in the last one so hopefully that'll help that out but, but yeah, but, so the Kraken was fun. It, it was it was a good build. But, you know, put putting that bird together, I, I put a, a CGY 760 in it. And when I was setting it up, you know, I, I wanted to learn a little bit more because I never really bothered with um, alarms and the, the sound call outs for the telemetry and things like that in my radio. Because I, I'm a typical six and a half, seven minute flyer for the routines that I do. So I don't really need all that stuff. So I said, well, let me learn it because the community has been asking questions about it. And I want to at least be able to support folks if they do ask questions about it. So I learned how to do alarms and call out a couple in particular that I put on there. One was the BEC outage, right? So what happens if, you know, because your BEC is pumping, you know, 8.1 volts to your uh, servos, If it goes out, you're going to drop down to the default of 6.1, whatever your battery backup to your receiver is, is pumping through. So I put an alarm on my transmitter to say, well, if it if it dropped below seven, call it out so that that will let me know the BEC is not working now. So put that on there, tested that out. That was pretty cool. You just start yelling that too.
2: Did that new update have those different callouts
0: also on that the latest does. one? Yes, it does. So I think the latest update to the transmitter, which is 4.0 or 1, introduced the sound features and callouts and comes with a whole array of callout items for the radio as well. So that's in the 16iZ now. Works really cool, really well. But I got that there. I got the callout on the milliamp usage of my battery so it yeah 1000 milliamps you know, every 30 seconds she's calling it out which is pretty cool too so yeah i like it so just trying to get it's it's i'll put throw up the quotes the air quotes the the v bar ish like you know call outs that that we all grew to love from that system you just don't get it kind of out the box with futaba you have to set that up so you, you gotta, gotta set do up
1: math that. you gotta remember yeah. what size capacity pack you have in the helicopter Absolutely, absolutely. Then remember what twenty percent of that capacity
0: is, and then land when you've got that many. Absolutely, absolutely. Because because one other alarm I put on there as well too, Nick, for that. Because what happens if you if you throw a battery in there you forgot to charge it right? She's it, just calling out what you've used, but you know you don't know the full voltage. So and I figure you know what if I get the forty three volts on a pack, it's probably time to bring that sucker out of the sky. So. I have an alarm on if I if I hit forty three volts, it'll alert me and let me know and I know to come down. So
2: Yeah, on most of mine I set mine for like three point five. And yeah. then it ends up being about three point seven when you're not under load, like once you've mm-hmm. landed. It's a few tenths higher after you land, usually if you set it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Per cell. Cool. So so that was fun setting that up and learning that. And what else? Let's see. Oh, and then you know, next week. This is kind of some future news. We'll talk about it in the next episode. We're going to have a build party down here. It's our it's our annual winter build party that we do at Sean K's house. I think Nick's going to be there. There's a few other yep. Atlanta heli guys may come along. And uh, we're going to grab a kit and build it. We're going to start Friday morning and just you know work till the sun goes down and get up Saturday morning, go to the field in Maiden. So... That's the deal with our bill part. I can't wait to share the the details and results of the party with you guys. So, but that was my my week. Again, I missed you guys. I I hate I couldn't go because I really wanted to meet you guys face to face. But there'll be be future events that I'm sure we'll all get to go and share together. Oh, and I missed out on those cool stickers too, Nick. Well, you know what, my stickers are in the mail, so I can't wait to get it. Nice. I I got some stickers too.
1: I got some I knew presents somebody would for you, notice. Brian. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the build party too, Brian, for sure. Raw 580 Nitro is in a box. I need to need to go through that soon and make sure I have all of the little things. I don't want to get like halfway through the build and realize I got no servo horns. So I think I have all the pieces and parts I'll need for that. But cool. Well, thanks, Brian. I was enjoying seeing the pictures of your Kraken build. That, that scheme looks awesome.
0: Um, yes it is gorgeous
1: looking forward to seeing that out of the field all right so i think now we're gonna kind of transition to alex kenny and i and i think uh maybe we'll hit on each of us just super briefly on what we did before going to winter bash and then and then we'll jump into winter bash me personally in order to get helicopters ready for winter bash i went out to the field and well, actually, before even that, something something lit a fire under me, and I decided I wanted to finish the scale ho- scale helicopter and fly it at Winter Bash. So, I managed to get through the last of that on the scale helicopter project. Put a few more windows in, just finished some final details, added a few better canopy attachments, little odds and ends, and then I got a beautiful day to get out to the field in Atlanta with my buddy Chris and basically brought out the Tron Advance to Maiden and the Scale Helicopter to Maiden. And happy to say both Maidens were totally uneventful. Super, just everything behaved as it should. Scale Helicopter, you know, need just a little bit more tail game. I'd had those mechanics all Maidened out before, so I knew that they were good outside of the fuselage. And then once they were in the fuselage, no major issues going on there. So that flew great. The Tron Advance flew great. Interestingly, the Tron Advance, and I, I want to talk to some other Tron Advance owners. If you are if you own a Tron Advance and you fly it on V-Bar, I feel like my tail gain and my head gain, I was able to get much higher on the Advance than I have on other helicopters in that same size. And it's fine. It's not doing anything bad. It flies great and it's predictable and all that. I was just surprised at the values. I feel like the stock values of V-Bar are usually too high and I'm always dialing back from there. And I actually went up from stock values. And I'm curious if that has to do with the dampened fly barless mount and whether I should maybe play with that a little bit. But honestly, the whole thing's flying great. So I don't I don't think I'm going to mess with it. But really, that was me. And then I snuck out the Wednesday prior to Winter Bash. I wanted I don't like to bring new helicopters to Funflies. I get nervous that something stupid's going to happen. So I went out with the Tron Advance on the Wednesday prior to Winter Bash and just knocked out three quick flights on it, which I was super nervous about because I was like, I'm going to crash this thing. I'm going to crash this thing right before Winter Bash. So I was glad I was like, I don't know why I decided to do this like that. The act of feeling better about the helicopter and being so nervous, you're going to crash it two days before the event was was ridiculous. But whatever, it went great. Uh, So that was me before the event. What about you, Alex? Anything you were fussing with before heading out there? Well,
3: I had this new muffler that came in the mail from Gregor, the CNC one, the absolute CNC one. Awesome. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, it looked pretty nice. Mm -hmm. I was
3: dying to try that out. So I got out and played with that a little bit ahead of time and got that kind of going. And the first, I flew it for a couple, I went to the field by myself to do it. And I called Gregor after the after I had the initial flight and like, I'm I'm literally, you guys kind of saw how I am. I I was jumping up and down by myself at the field (laughs) because I was so excited about it. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it, it made a huge difference on my Nitro and I was just looking forward to flying that thing all weekend. So before we left, what, what all did I do before we left? Let me let me get to my, I took notes. I have to read my notes. I had done the AG01 gimbals. And I want to talk about that for a second again. I'm sorry I'm going back to this. But in my notes last week or in my, my my thoughts about the previous episode, we had mentioned the the ribbon cables. And Kenny was right. There's a tab that flips up and you don't have to force those things. So the AG01 gimbal install was way easier than I thought it was. And I made it harder than it needed to be. So you're shoving it, trying to shove it through there, I guess. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, I did it wrong. Don't don't do what I did. Watch the video that uh, Rob Bingham has and move on with life. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I-, I watched that after the fact and went I should have looked at this beforehand. I-, I don't know where we're going. Do
1: we want to stay on our weeks ahead of time or do you want to talk about the fun fly now? Oh, well, let's let like Kenny touch on if he did anything special before the fun fly and then we'll just jump right in.
2: Nothing special on my end. I just grabbed a couple things beforehand, you know, like before fun flies, I'm always like, what am I going to anticipate that I might break or need? So I grabbed a set of blades and tail blades to take with me, ordered those. And then had to grab, I didn't get any flights cause I didn't want to break anything. Same as Nick. So I ended up just taking, got the S one and took it out and did a few flights in the backyard. And well, maybe four or five flights in the backyard. Cause you know that thing is got hooked on it. But other than that, just preparing and packing the car like Jenga to, Put everything in there to take to the event, you and, did, dude, You had it packed, uh, yeah. Take tables and generators and luggage, four helis, everything I could fit in there. Actually, I probably had a little more room still, but mu- funny enough, as much money you guys brought I up.
3: Uh, it's, it's funny that you bring up the I'm afraid to fly before an event,
2: yeah. I have, like I mean, you can take different Problem. helicopters too, you know, but there's certain ones like. Like Nick was saying, you know, there's ones you fly more that you're like, okay, I'm going to take these two or three because I don't want to take this one and this one for whatever reason, you know, you're not flying it a lot or it's new model, same reasons. I guess I could take a different one out and fly one that I'm not too worried about, but then you're like, well, now I'm practicing with this one and, you know, then you don't feel used to the ones you've been flying and comfortable with too. Yeah.
3: Every, every time before an event, I do what you're talking about and I'm like, I need to run to the field and test this out and test this out test this out even though i've yeah. been flying them anyway i have to go make sure
1: before we go <laughs>
2: but in your head you're like i should just turn around and go back home now before you yeah. break something 100 <laughs> percent. yeah
1: yeah i did that too i even brought the nitro out the day i double maiden just to get one flight on to just make sure one more flight fine. right
2: now <laughs> that's the bad saying you don't ever want to say one more flight yeah right um oh nope. gonna fly another flight well cool well alex uh you kind of headed to the Fun Fly
1: before any of us because you had some other fun, Florida fun, ahead of your time at the Fun Fly. So tell us a little bit about that. So we left on Tuesday kind of after work
3: and got there late on Tuesday. And so Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning, we got up and I took my family out to Disney. Uh, Sorry, my Jay, wife. Treadway. Oh, oh, yeah. Not the Disney of helicopters.
2: <laughs> the other Disney. <laughs> the
3: other Disney. And my wife is a Disney fanatic. She she sells and plans Disney vacations like for a living. So, and she does this like vicariously through other people. So, when we don't get to go, she's all excited that she's planning someone else's trip for them. Disney is not my It's not that I don't like it. It's just that I don't like it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know what you but,
3: mean. But I get three. Daddy, why does
2: a cheeseburger cost as much as a 700 kit?
3: Uh, I paid $50 for We had done one of those meals and it was $50 for this burger. Yeah. Anyway, besides all that, besides the, I don't want to get into the expensive crap. (laughs) Going to a fun fly this way is super fun. Bringing your family and doing it and making it a vacation like I do. But man, you pay for going to a fun fly that way also. (laughs) It's like, It's like the, I bought my wife, I bought a new helicopter. And so I also bought my wife a gift to make it okay. That's what this is. It's the same (laughs) thing. Yeah. So, and it's funny too, because I already knew on, on Wednesday or Thursday, there were guys posting pictures. I think Daryl had posted a picture on Thursday of him out at the field and I was excited to meet him and stuff like that. And so rather than focusing on what I needed to be focusing on, I was too busy doing exactly what Brian said and having FOMO of. I, I want to be there already. Yeah. <laughs> but this was the exact same trip. So the first time that I ever went to this event was 2014. And that was before I knew anyone in the, in the hobby. And I just, we went to Disney and I only went there on, on Saturday. And so I'm going to tell this, this, this story about the first time that I went. And I don't know how cheesy this is going to come out. Cause I haven't prepared this story. If that's okay. Can I, I'm going to keep talking. Sorry. I'm talking a lot. Stories are prepared. This is going to be good. I think my wife tells this story really well. So the first time that we went, my kids were very little and they, we like did the thing where you stand in line to meet the Disney princesses. Okay. And that means you stand in line to meet at the time that the, the frozen person, Elsa, Elsa from frozen. And we stood in line to meet Snow White and Cinderella and took those pictures. And it was great fun. And then Saturday, I got to leave and go do what I wanted to do. And I was pumped, dude. So when we were standing in line to to take these pictures, I was prepping my daughter to have these stupid things to say because at Disney, they have to interact with you in in a way that is fitting for the role. Like they can't come out of character. And so I was just trying to prep her to say stupid things to him to get him to have to answer some awkward question. But she wouldn't do it. So every time we got up there and it was her turn to talk, she would just sit there with her mouth open like, uh hi and that it drove me nuts the whole time so we went to the fun fly and i've been watching all these smack talk rc videos and watching videos of bert and kyle stacy kyle Dahl, bobby watts all these people were there in 2014 and bert is on a segue and rolls by me and i wanted to say something to him and said i just stood there with my mouth open like ah oh. <laughs> 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 and, and and the same thing happened with like pretty much any of them like I walked down and kind of saw the tables and I just kind of stood back by myself and didn't say anything. Yeah. And my wife asked me when we got back, to, when I got back to the hotel she goes, "So did you get to talk to these people that you've been like oogling over on YouTube videos or online for for a long time?" and I go, "No, no, I couldn't do it. I was too shy." She goes, <laughs> "You just stayed back?" She goes, "Did you see all your princesses?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: so in my family that's kind of been a running joke that going to the fun fly and seeing the pros or hanging out with whoever that you've been watching or your princesses. And (laughs) so she knew this year, this is the first year I've gotten to go there and really know people on the East coast. And she goes, whenever I was leaving, she goes, it's okay. You can hang out with your princesses. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. uh, First part of the trip was just Disney. And then us being
1: princesses at the field. (laughs) I was going to say, I think you may now be a princess. <laughs> I don't
2: know about all You've that. You've
1: graduated. Oh man. But yeah, uh, it was
3: it was a good time. Closest doing we the get is tippy
2: toes when we're flying, leaning forward, trying to concentrate.
3: That's exactly right. You notice it too. Do you ever look down the line at whoever's flying next at the next flight box and they're like, they've got the body English going on, they're leaned way in.
2: I saw a couple look like they were gonna fall forward at any moment. Yeah.
1: I think, did <laughs> I think I saw Dima doing that really well. <laughs> I do that. I do that in a funnel. You're like shifting your hips to try and get the helicopter back yes. in the pattern you want it yes. to be
0: in. <laughs> yes, I do. I that. do that too. Yeah, I do. One it.
2: thing I learned from a, one of the guys at our club was he would cross his legs, and it actually helps. Like if you're having trouble concentrating stuff, if you just like stand on one and cross your leg where you stand there, it takes your mind off of stuff for some reason. Don't ask me why. You'd have to try huh. it and see. Hmm. I haven't tried that. You know, like cross one leg over the other, kind of like your uh, crisscross leg kind of deal, and you'll actually. It kind of, I guess it changes how you're standing or thinking somehow. Don't ask me why, but hmm, hmm. you'll have to experiment with that. If you're getting tensed up, you know? I notice there are times when I
3: relax and times that I'm very tense. And yeah. it's much more fun to be relaxed, even though I'm still shaking, relaxed.
2: I think yeah. that does it for some reason. And you just have to try and let me know if that works. I will, I will give that a shot.
1: Well, my travel to the event was pretty chill. It's just a six hour drive here. So I just left like 6am on thursday morning and was at the field by like one one o'clock two o'clock something like that um with stops and stuff took my time getting down there and there was a you know decent crew there already there were maybe 10 12 guys there at that point uh kind of setting up the fun fly and we just dug in and started flying so set up the guy right and just knocked out i don't know five or six flights on thursday um, Yeah was chill, low-key, no real, you know, organization yet because there just didn't need to be any. And it was fun. So just hung out a little bit with Sean and Dima. And I'm trying to think who else was there Thursday. Gator was Darryl, there. Daryl was there Thursday too, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, that's right. Daryl was there Thursday. That's right. He got there Thursday morning. He like red-eyed in, which uh, yeah. this is the thing, right? We do these bizarre things to ourselves. We get no sleep. We get up at 5 a.m. Daryl takes a red-eye from L.A. to get to the, the fun fly. Cause we want to like go play with our toys at the field. It awesome. was oh, like the man. guy I mean, at the exciting.
2: weight room. He was like the guy at the weight room when I showed up on Friday. He's like, yeah, you know, like standing there, you didn't need to lift weights because you he'd already done it all on Thursday. You know, before we got there, <laughs> you guys can fly. I already got my six flights.
1: <laughs> I did fly less and less as the weekend went on. It felt like I flew a lot more Thursday than eh, maybe Friday was about the same, but anyway, but it was a good time on Thursday and then just sort of got set up and then left as the sun started to set. And, Man, and the
3: sunset was, there came, snuck up on you fast.
1: It really did. There's some fields I feel like you get this like weird low angle light for a really long time, but yes. no, it's just kind of just, it's like someone shuts the lights off and it's
3: and lights it was down, screen. mosquitoes up. I think yeah. a lot of it had to do with the cloud cover because and maybe it's just the time of year too. I hate this time of year. We're almost to the winter solstice, and I like counting down the days to when it's going to start being a longer day again.
0: Yeah,
2: you know they were right about that. The mosquitoes only stay there for like forty minutes or thirty, and then they just vanish. Schefter, yeah, seven thirty or eight.
3: Weird. So what Kenny's talking about is there was this time they let us know you do not want to be outside at said time for about thirty minutes. You need to go into a trailer or go in your car and get something to eat because them skeeters are going to be out in force.
2: <laughs> you yeah, have like a 45 minute window they, they're crazy and then, then they just disappear. dude it was
3: so crazy that I was out there at, at one point doing something with someone and I was literally having to like jog in circles because they were so thick you're breathing them in Jeez.
2: oh
3: <laughs> it was terrible. really insane there
2: I just make sure not to leave out. my car open like they get in your car if you leave it open too long weather out but then they just yeah. vanish they were thick Maybe
0: that's like feeding time or something yeah
1: they were feeding time on us
0: <laughs> <laughs> we were their disney buffet
1: <laughs> i did speak in a sunsets discover maybe a new fly favorite thing i don't know we'll see how often i bring the scale helicopter with me but that would be when i would fly it every day was at sunset so starting to get dark the lights on the scale helicopter show up really well and it was yeah, like, more it was blades really... to chop them
2: up with too <laughs> <That's> <laughs> True. true.
1: But it was just really relaxing to kind of close out my flying day with the scale helicopter and just kind of hover around and do some lazy patterns. I don't know, I really enjoyed that. I liked the look of it against the sunset. It was just, I don't know, it was just super chill. It's a nice way to start some days. I did some early morning flights with it, and then it was great to end the day with that with that helicopter. So and I talk because, about. Go ahead. Sorry, Nick. Oh, and I was going to say, in the last time I was at Winter Bash two years ago, there was a big turnout from the scale community, Daryl. Can't Spray remember his last name, yes, thank you, Sprayberry. And a whole bunch of other scale dudes had all come out and were down one end of the field flying, and we were all walking down there to see their stuff. But nice. there was only one other guy I saw with a scale helicopter, so that immediately made the quality of mine look better than it really is. Um, yours look great, and yeah, both, uh, they
2: really guys both had yeah. equally nice looking scale helicopters. Um,
1: so that was fun. I enjoyed that, that sunset kind of deal. I, uh, at the end,
3: I, I had a magical time, I would say like that middle school magic thing that I talk about for Helly man, I just had, I can't tell you guys how much fun I had. So at the event, they had given us wristbands to wear that when you registered, that was your thing that let them know you're registered instead of wearing a tag or something like that. And I got down to the end of the gate and you had to get out of the car and open the gate. It was about 1130 at night or so. And I just stood there at the gate, like looking at my wristband, like I don't want to walk out of this place. It was really, it was really cool. I really enjoyed being there this year. Thank you for, Steve and you guys were putting it on. I had just the best time.
1: I did too, man. It was... I don't know. There was a lot that that was just worked out on that fun flying. I know I didn't hang out and do any night flying, but that was because I was staying kind of like 25 minutes away. Yeah. And you would just like... You would leave as, as it would get dark, and you would like do the drive, and you'd go shower, and then you'd go out to eat, and then you just didn't have the energy to go back to the field or whatever. But We stayed
3: that, at the field Saturday yeah, night and there.
1: had pizza delivered. Nice. So I flew before Kenny got back, I think, that night. But taking off for dinners meant that Sean and I stayed at the same hotel, so we had a lot of, like, just nice, chill, long meals and just, like, great friend hangout time. But it also meant that, like, this fun fly was also a much-needed vacation for me. Like, I feel like I was well-rested, which never happens at a fun Mm, fly. Because you were back early. Yeah, I was Uh, up late every day. And I was excited to get to the field every morning because I was, like, wide awake at, you know, 5.36 and like getting up early and ready to hit the field nice and early. I don't know. So it was awesome for in that regard. But yeah, man, it was just one of those really great events where just had so much great time having great conversations with people. Just lots of awesome hangout time. And I didn't fly as much as maybe I would have wanted to, but it's because I was having so many amazing conversations with great people.
0: Yeah. And I tell you what, guys, I mean, there was a lot of content on the various Facebook groups of this. Fun Fly, I mean, thanks for putting all the videos up, and man, videos from everyone, so it was like everyone was there, you know, not being there, so it was it was cool. I only make the videos and stuff like that when I feel like doing it. So if
3: I'm just, I'm having that good of a time that I feel like everyone people need to know how much good I don't know how great of a time we're having. I don't do it. I I feel like sometimes that stuff comes across as look at me, I need attention, but I hope that's not the way it seems. Like that's not why. That's certainly not why I do it. I just want to promote the hobby, and I just love the hobby.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was great. No, I, I loved especially love the segment you did on Manny Anito's toolbox too. That was really cool. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about that again. So very yeah, we will. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> what
2: about you, Kenny? When did you get in? Yeah, Thursday night. It was pretty late though, so I just went to the hotel. You know, it was like seven thirty eight p.m. There wasn't much use to drive to the field and then go back again. It's about twenty minutes each way. Spent a lot of time walking around, talking to everybody like you guys did. Same thing, um, catching up with everybody. Got to see what was it? Daryl Thorpe was there from California. Never seen him. Talked to him a lot online, but uh, it was the first time seeing him in an event, which is pretty cool. And he got a lot of flights. It seemed like I was surprised he did four, five, six night flights. I'm not even sure how many each night, dude. I was impressed. That was cool. More than I could get through. I only made a few.
1: He said that like on Wednesday of the, of the week he was like I must night fly I must night fly. <laughs> he said it was yeah, his it was first nice. time doing it, so yeah, he was excited about it. That's it awesome. I'm glad he got a bunch in.
2: He was a little nervous, you said, but I mean, it's I think you get more nervous the more you do them because people expect stuff. <laughs> you know, the more you fly and the more you do night flying, then they're like, oh, here we go, something's going to happen. Either way, <laughs> so just it ends up that way. But yeah, I, I I didn't make it too much. My night flying ended up being. After the, I think I did one or two, but I smashed my... I uh, saw it. <laughs> the Tron went into the ground after... I did a few just... I was just playing around and I went blank. You know, I was flying. I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I was just kind of cruising around. And then I got low a couple times and everybody's kind of cheering. Like, want me to go lower? I'm like, well, that's the common thing. I guess if they want lower, I'm just going to keep going lower. Until- <laughs>
3: Ross, Andy Ross's <laughs> wife was out there just screaming the whole yeah.
2: time. You could hear... Her. I was forced <laughs> be- into the ground. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that's funny cause there was a trash bag Kenny and I's tents were right next to each other and Sunday morning I hit the field and there's this Tron tail boom sticking there's out spark- of a trash bag <laughs>
2: half the helicopter's just in there now
1: <laughs> I was like who is this? does this belong to and they're like I think that's Kenny's that
2: sounds my like tail that was, was like Kenny's. 50 feet away somebody brought it to me it just flew yeah, off he hit like- pretty hard. yeah I went, I went straight up with the tail down and I was gonna just push it away and fly upside down out of it and when I did that it just the tail drove right into the ground and it went another twenty feet forward, and I shut it off. It didn't even strip the man gear. I shut it off the instant, I, you know, I knew know. it was. I knew it was toast the second the tail touched the ground. It was. It was interesting though. It was worth it, I guess. <laughs> it's two second crowd pleaser. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Speaking of crashes, there were definitely a few spectacular ones at Winter Bash, but I, I feel like the prize on those has to go to Justin Cook.
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. He was demolishing
1: it.
2: Yeah, I was watching him fly, and it was the first time earlier in the day. I was like, man, he's flying really hard. And, you know, he just, when he's flying, it's he's hard. pushing the pitch back and forth so much. And you can just hear the blades going in and out of track because he's flipping, yeah. turning the airline on so much that anything can happen that way. And I think he just got a little low and clipped the ground, you know, and it just hit pretty Dude, hard. He it sounded bad, but so it really wasn't horrible.
3: Every flight he did was really hard.
2: Yeah, and someone was it you saying he hadn't even flown in a while? Somebody said that, and like, well, he's doing pretty good for not even flying, you know, in a a little bit of time. Either way, Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like every time I get a
1: chance to see Justin Cook, I hear that that he hasn't flown in some (laughs) number of time—three months, six months, whatever it is—and then he just flies
2: so hard, picks it right back up without even practicing. Yeah,
1: and it's awesome because it's one of those few pilots that when they step up to center stage, like everyone's like, "Oh, let's continue this conversation in five minutes. Let's go watch this." kind of everybody lines up along the net and they have like a protective net at torches behind center stage which is great because so you can be very close to the pilot but still feel protected. Um, kind of a unique setup. But yeah Justin I saw him put two in over the course of the weekend unfortunately but both went in at like Mach 2 you know if he hit hold it was after the initial impact for sure.
2: Yeah I heard just the thuds I just didn't I saw the first one I didn't see the second one. There was one that hit and you could hear the motor still going ring on the ground so. <laughs> shredding
1: gears yes shredding belt yeah that was pretty pretty terrible and i was sad because the flight was so awesome to watch i didn't want it to end it so i agree uh, it was fu- it was funny every
3: one of his flights i was like please don't crash because i want to see you do this again yeah <laughs> and i'm like please have
1: more
2: helicopters in the car yes um <laughs> got to have a backup and uh, seeing the scales was cool like i remember what was the other guys was that a uh, black hawk the other guy had
1: i don't know i saw like a white sort of executive looking helicopter down the flight line, but there might've
2: been one I didn't see. Maybe I did see another one that someone wasn't flying or something. I remember seeing a different one too. I feel
3: bad for not remembering everyone's name that I talked to and met because we walked up and I was, you're busy the whole time at an event or at least I feel like I am. There's no downtime and you meet so many people and on something like this, where you have a platform, you want to talk about it and tell them
1: hey it was great to meet you. So if we're not saying your name, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think that's universal. There were a lot of great conversations. I super appreciate everyone that came up and said, like, hey, love what you've done so far on the podcast, or, you know, otherwise said something nice about it that was awesome. Great to hear. Yeah, it was I felt like I had so many great conversations. I don't think I've ever talked this much at a fun fly. And I've had great times at a lot of fun flies, but I don't know. I was just I felt more connected to a lot of people, or maybe they were just more of my friends at this one, or whatever it was. I don't know. But it was it was just fun. was a lot of hangouts. Rotor
2: Revolution swag to give outright, some stickers and stuff for people to grab and remember to listen to the episodes.
3: (laughs) Anyone who came up to us and said, Hey, we appreciate what you're doing. We actually feel that in our heart. Like that feels good. Thank you. Got a few of those. Thanks very
2: much. Yeah. So I also got some flights on the Goose Guy S1. Super impressed with the tail and it's flying. I'm sure we're going to get into this at a future time, more details on that. But. I had fun just taking that off the down at the far end of the field and got more flights on that and let people fly it also just to see what they thought and they seemed to be in consensus the same way you know they were having fun with it too. It's amazing. It, it made it into the ground a few times. One di- one time, lawn darted just picked it back up, you know, and take off again. It seems to work so far, pretty well.
1: Yeah, I think that's been my experience too. It's it's a hearty little beast. It is. I've crushed the
3: piss out of mine so. <laughs>
2: Mine's uh got doesn't have enough time on it, but it's got four or five already down, and it looks pretty good. There's no issues. You can with skid it yet. bump
1: it pretty hard, and it doesn't break either.
2: Nice. Yep. Yeah, the skids are strong.
1: Yeah. Yep. On both vertical and horizontal surfaces. Yeah, they
3: seem pretty <laughs> yeah. flexible. Like you couldn't
2: <laughs> yeah. crack them. Very I forgot about your, wind sc- your screen <laughs> thing. Yeah. Oh. So while I was down there. I hit up Cocoa Beach after after the event. I I usually do that or go somewhere on the East Coast or the West Coast, you know, and stay over that that side too, like Clearwater or somewhere. So, yeah. Mm. This year was Cocoa Beach, and we just stayed there for most of the day and went and ate dinner. I think it's called Rusty's. There's a few dinner places on the port, and. There's there's always rockets coming out of there. They have that automated ship that comes in, so there was a SpaceX oh, rocket very cool, just like dude. 100 yards cool. across the water there strapped down ready to be taken back and nice. uh you know retrofitted to go launch again. But that was pretty cool. We saw last year, I think the year before we were there this it actually it was nighttime, we're eating dinner and it was pretty cool because they actually were hauling it by with like the lights shining up on it, so it was really neat looking. Uh right, that's and, cool at night. Yeah, it's awesome. And it seems like they're coming and going cuz of all the launches, you know. The odds are pretty good of seeing one there. Did you get out and get in the water? Walked in it barely. It's I mean it's probably in the se- mid 70s or so, so it's that chilly. That was my question.
3: If we do this next year, could I plan to make it a beach trip with my family beforehand? People are
2: after? swimming. I mean there's people on surfboards and everything, and so I guess you just got to adapt. It might be a little bit in the upper 70s, so it's swimmable. I'm sure if you're in the water for 5 or 6 minutes, you'll get used to it.
3: If you're thinking about other ways to make this a family trip, Greg Ringel was taking his wife. She met him out there afterward, and they were going diving in the Keys. Nice. nice.
2: Yeah. There yeah, it's is only was... an hour drive, so it's really easy to go there, and you can grab a hotel room for another night there, and it's, you know, not much expense just going down there and hang out for a day you know. or
3: two. Yeah, beach trips are not too expensive, usually, minus hotel's expense. And if you lose something in the water,
2: like a I helicopter. did that in Hawaii. <laughs> I dropped my cell phone in the water. <laughs> yeah.
1: Speaking of Greg Ringley, that was my first chance getting to meet Greg. We talked, you know, online and in chats and team chats and stuff, but Greg's a riot, man. He was, I had, I had a great time it's hanging hilarious. out with Greg a couple times and goofing off with him on Sunday morning.
3: His personality that you see in his videos is him.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have learned this is true <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a great way. He's, he's, he's yeah. awesome.
3: No, he's enthusiastic. Him and I, I spent a lot of time flying with him. So we'd be sitting around and then I'd look at him and go, let's go fly. And him and I flew, we each spent, I spent a little over a gallon because Nick, I borrowed a little bit from you, but not much. And he spent a
1: gallon on nitro. So awesome. Super cool. I wish I had spent a gallon of nitro, but my nitro continues to frustrate me. And I don't know what to tell you about that. I saw, I, there was, I had no advice for you. (laughs) Well, to make a long story short, the problem I thought I'd solved on the nitro where it continues to lean itself out as kind of inconsistently which we thought was related to fuel tubing when we replaced all that it behaved itself for like a solid day now we think it might be in the carb so i'm going to replace the carb i'm just waiting on one to show up from rc japan and see if that does it but it was flying okay and then it started to just lean itself out and landed and we'd richened it up and it would lean itself out we That's and eventually that. i was just like you know what this is making me grumpy and I don't want to be grumpy at this fun fly. So no more nitro for the rest of the fun fly. (laughs) I only flew my nitro
3: until Sunday night because my nitro wasn't working anymore. And I can talk about that if we want to, but I don't really want to talk about it.
2: So my temperamental nitro uh, things I was talking about. No,
3: no, I buried mine. I buried my nitro because I didn't strap the battery flop. the, The connector to the battery was flopping and it's an EC3 and it flopped out. And so It was fortunately not coming at us and pointed straight at the ground, nose down, and the motor just sat there running. I guess I'm going to tell the story. And so it proceeded to chicken dance a little bit. And I just stood there like flipping the switch like I was going to turn it off with my mouth open going. it, It was that surreal out of body experience where you're. You're like yeah. transported and you're standing to the next person next to you, but there was no one next to me. It was just me and Greg standing
2: somewhere there. on the west coast, Gregor's hair is standing up on his skin, right? Now. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. And so it, it 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 finally it didn't chicken dance for long. It sat there and started burning the clutch up. And you know, you could see the bell housing like getting red hot. And I still just stood there looking at it, not going Dude. over to try to shut it off. I was too busy going, is this really happening right now? Like right now? And Greg was fortunately standing next to me and ran over there and shut it off for me.
2: That's like stage nine when that happens when it starts glowing.
3: Yes, I was waiting for it to explode or something, right? (laughs) Wow! But I was very fortunate. It landed pipe side up. The pipe's fine. Uh, Actually, the helicopter's in pretty freaking good shape. That's good considered. Yeah, I plan on replacing a bunch of servo horns. But, that would okay be so th- that thing crashed and then my really one of my on um, my I got two flights on my electric Nick I came down there to you after I crashed and you saw how bummed out I was and I was like let's let's go fly something and I flew my electric once before we knew it night flew and then it fe- I felt so disconnected from that electric model it was just so fast after flying my nitro all weekend you flew it so well it was ahead of me the whole
1: time is what I felt like
0: was it an angry flight uh, No, because I, of the Nitro no.
1: I mean it was a badass flight (laughs) wasn't angry Uh, i will say from a from a podcast perspective there was a moment and i think it might have been that flight i forget there were a number of times where alex would come down and be like let's go fly which was awesome and kenny too but i'm standing there watching you fly alex and i was like wow alex is really good and watching your transitions and some of your reversals and it occurred to me that how you flew had never entered my brain when we mm. were having conversations about you joining the podcast. I was just like, I just sort of, I don't know, just sort of assumed you must be okay since you were on the BK team. And it just, I don't know, it didn't enter into the conversations we had on the phone. We're all about the I think I hobby felt the same way. I hadn't seen
2: him fly before either in person.
1: They were about other things, right? And then I'm standing there. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> so I really enjoyed watching you fly. Like I'd seen Kenny fly before because we'd been to Funflies together. So I don't know, it was just this funny moment where I was like, wow, this is cool. Like, Alex fun. is going to have cool stuff to share about this, because like, <laughs> yeah. you were just, I don't know. I like the way you stitched moves together. Your transitions were were, were were fun to watch. It was super enjoyable to watch you fly. Mm, thank you. And even on my notes here, if you read, it says, Alex will now say something very humble. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't ever feel like it's great. Okay, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It was super. It's great. funny
3: though, because anytime you watch a flight video of yourself, I don't know, if, I don't, I don't know. I critique myself, and I feel like I'm trying very hard to put it in a certain spot during a maneuver, and it never crosses the line that I really want it to be in the whole time. And so, I spend a lot of time trying to be precise about stuff, and sometimes I think it'd be more fun to just smack it around and not worry about all that.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the same thing. If you think about it too much, then you kind of you get out of like your normal flow and, and when you're flying and stuff and you're out of track of what you were going to do.
3: Well, anytime you're at an event and you get nervous, you forget what you know how to do.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. <So>. yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to talk about this a little more when we get into goals for next year, because it'll make sense at that point. But, but yeah. And then Kenny, it was great to watch you fly as well, man. Yeah, you just Kenny, have you a very one. sort of precise and aggressive style and
2: it's fun to watch and, Thanks. Yeah, I did okay during the day, but when the lights went out, it was a different story. I thought your night flight was good, <laughs> dude.
3: See, I think the same thing about my night flight. I hated it. And Kenny, I thought yours was great.
2: I just went blank. I can do a bunch of stuff and then forgot everything once the lights went out. Sometimes I think it's because of the time. You know, you stand around waiting to fly sometimes. like You're ready to fly, and then like five people are lined up, so you're like, okay, I'll just wait. And it's like 40 minutes later, and you're not even ready by then. You're like, okay, I've already you know been talking to people and doing this doing that and now you're not ready right. to fly so i just kind of lose track that and, way also. or you've
3: decided i really just want to have a drink at this point and i'm i don't, I don't yeah, i'm so ready to take I've a break and then <laughs> yeah and then
2: you end up flying anyway yeah and they had a time limit you know they had to t- turn the lights off at like what was it 10 or something so or 9 9 30 something like that so you had to kind of i think it wrap 10, it up by then but dude
3: people were enthusiastic about it the whole time it wasn't but like that's it was that was plenty
2: of time yeah it was everybody was just back to back taking turns and Seemed to work out fine that way, you know, not going super late into the night anyway.
3: There was someone there with a Nimbus. I think it was a Nimbus that was just killing it, dude.
1: Oh,
2: that was James uh,
1: Palacios. Okay, somebody else, I think. Jesus, dude. I wasn't there at night, but James was the guy flying the the Nimbus a lot. The no canopy
3: Nimbus, the Red Boom?
1: Yep. Yeah, that's James Palacios. I probably said his last name wrong, but it is James.
3: He was just killer at night.
1: That's awesome. What about. Any
3: interesting conversations? You get to meet anyone? that? Well, this is the first time that I got, I mean, I've met Manny before, but this is the first time I really had time to sit there and talk to these people. So when I got there, Morgan Shaw, he was there and he kind of offered to help me. In other words, he gave me a place to put my stuff because I didn't have a table and he let me use his generator. He was like super freaking helpful. Without him, I would not have had everything going as fast as I did. And I got to talk to him about the business he does and what he used to do and his kids that were there and all that stuff. That was super cool. I've never gotten to talk to Bert ever really outside of whatever is in the team chat stuff and hang out at an event he was at. So for me, that
1: was, that was pretty exciting. (laughs) I laugh, but I had the same experience. I, you know, for the first time, had a chance to talk to Bert face to face. Like, We've messaged before about podcast business, you know, news clarifications or, you know, boring stuff. And I got a chance to talk to him face to face, which was great, and I totally dorked out and said, yep. "Bird, I'm totally self-taught and I learned from watching you and Bobby on Smack Talk on YouTube." So, for sure. Thank you for doing those. They were, you know, they made a huge impact.
0: Yep. So, um, yep, they were good.
1: That that was that was definitely a highlight for me as well. And, and I had to do that twice because then I ran into Ron Thomas of Mikado USA, yeah. otherwise known as Laughing Still on YouTube, who has the OG of Mikado V-Bar Neo setup videos. Um, mm-hmm. And I was he self-taught does. on V-Bar as well. And I learned it all from watching Ron Thomas's videos. So I yep. got to say, hey, man, thanks for for putting those videos out. Videos out, They made a difference. So
3: I got to see Ron at a couple of different events this year. I like Ron. He's great.
1: Yeah, he's a good dude.
3: He was the reason that the Manny tour box tour box tour happened because he needed a part.
1: <laughs>
3: well, thanks for that, Ron. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the GK talk- camp was super helpful for me because if if you don't, it's hard to travel to an event and if you don't know that people are going to be there to offer some sort of help when you unpack your stuff, you're like, where do I put it? Because I yeah. don't have a tent, I don't have a table.
1: Yeah yeah we do the same thing i brought an extra canopy i brought some extra tables you know we just got like the the heli direct camp on the other side was a similar kind of deal yeah you guys fun makes the whole team thing kind of fun i had some great conversations i had the best like i don't know like an hour-long conversation with joe cashwell who's from rotocraft pro solutions who make some badass charge cases
3: he was carrying the snake around yes I didn't uh, recognize they, him and he came up to me and was like trying to talk to me and I went, I don't want to talk to you because I don't want to
1: <laughs> I know Joe and I were having this conversation and he was he was talking back to you know days long ago and saying he was like, Oh, you know, Dan of RCHN used to stay with me when he was here in town, you know, oh, hit cool. me up if you ever need a place to crash if you're in town. And I was like, You have a house full of snakes. And I was like, This yeah. will never happen. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was awesome to talk with Joe, learn about all the all the really cool industrial applications for his charge cases that you know basically pay for the business and allow him to make cool hobby stuff on the side so that was really fun i think I, I don't know joe's a fascinating person i could have talked to him for ages and ages and ages so i think we're gonna have to have joe on the show someday
3: oh, um, yeah that'd be super cool there were a lot and of people there that i knew for i knew their name maybe but i didn't recognize their face so pa- like patrick from miniature aircraft I, I, I wouldn't i didn't know who that was really until i knew the name but i didn't know him yeah
1: yeah i uh the same way i talked to patrick from miniature aircraft as well for a little while
3: just super cool
1: car what about his car
3: he has a he has my first car the car that i drove as a 16 year old is like what he's like i think he has two of them or something and he's restoring them and they're classic bmws he has a 1985 bmw 325 e no, I, was nice. like, I need to get a picture with this car. It's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's
1: awesome. Yeah, uh, that's wild. Yeah, I got to talk with with him for a little bit. There's some cool stuff coming from miniature aircraft next year that we'll get some news on as we get a little closer. Kerry Shirley got to talk with him about. Some oh yeah, of Kerry
3: things. was there. I and, uh, so appreciated meeting him. Also, I mean, I love yeah. dancers. I've never gotten to meet him. I talked to him but he sends stuff to me or Doug to play with. And obviously I fly his machines and different things, but I'd never gotten to meet him before. So yeah, super cool yeah. meeting Gary. He was all cheery too.
1: Even after. I know he was, he was a great. trooper for coming out of like, he literally, I don't know, days earlier it had his knee replaced. Um, Four days. Yeah. So just pop by the fun fly for a little bit to say hi to everybody, but glad he came out. So that was fun. The other thing I saw that I was super stoked about was some of the young talent at the field. So Morgan's son, Levi, jay's kid hayden was there and then also shoot jermaine's son jermaine jr was there who's a little bit older but
3: uh and they were putting down some amazing flying i know i listened
1: super at, cool at sean and i was like dude i'm being outflown by like no <laughs> fear <laughs> nine year old no fear in daddy's money none yeah right <laughs> <laughs> it's not
3: mine to crash i'll just fly hard yeah. no but i don't cool. think i saw any of them crash either
2: no uh
1: Unfortunately, Sunday morning, Jermaine Jr. Put, uh, put his Tron in, and he was he was really sweet about it. He was bummed because he couldn't figure out in his mind he was trying to process what he'd done wrong. And he's like, I don't know what my mistake was. Everything was going fine. And, but he was also like Puro flipping, you know, four feet off the deck, So, which was yeah, amazing to watch. He's he's, really, he's really Jermaine good. Jr. is awesome. He really has he's put in great. a lot of work, clearly, to get where he is right now. What Absolutely. I also loved about the kids that were there,
3: uh, the young talent. <laughs> like Morgan's son was there and listening to them talk about the hobby, like they were adults, was freaking cool. Like they know what's going on and they know what the stuff is and they're excited about the gear and all this stuff. It was cool. But it's it's totally cool.
1: Memorable flights. I gotta say, I you know, at the risk of sounding like a fanboy, I don't get tired of watching Bert fly. I know he I wants either. to call himself an old man, but like Bert picked up the Goose Guy RS7 and. Flew the heck out of that. I saw him fly. Was it your nitro he was flying? He flew my nitro, yeah. No, I yeah. was
3: geeking out over the whole thing. Yeah, I watched overdue. both of
1: those. I think Manny Nito handed him an electric. I'm not sure. But yeah. anyway, saw him fly a bunch of times. It's always a treat to watch. I always enjoy it. His flights were
3: great. J- obviously, Justin Cook's were great. I enjoyed watching Dima and Manny fly a lot
1: also. Yep, Dima, Manny, Scott Graham was throwing down. Um, yeah. It was just There was a lot of talent at that field. It was fun to watch. It was. Anything else? I know we're kind of going on and on and on. Um, yeah, I know. Oh, I, I feel sh- like Br- Brian's sta- sitting there like, yeah, I know, guys. Okay, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I gotta, I gotta wow. shout out Gordon from Mikado USA, who, I totally forgot last episode, I ordered Mikado V-Control Evo on Black Friday sale. Decided to give it Split another try. Blue. Uh blue. No, I got the black one. Oh, I, oh, Sean had the blue one. Yeah, Sean had the blue one. And it showed up at Makata USA on the Friday of the Fun Fly, and Gorgon messes me and says, hey man, you want me to just deliver this to you at the field? I was like, Hec heck yeah, idea. I do. That's oh, so he handed that to me on Saturday. So that was awesome. <laughs> oh, Frank Mortiess was there too. We didn't mention Frank. Oh yeah, Frank was there. Uh, yeah. who I,
3: I mean, know. I guess if we're going to mention everyone's
1: name. We <laughs> I know, we could be here all day. Right, Tom Shin yeah. was there throwing down. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, bunch of the A-Main guys, you know, Frank yeah. and Scott and Mike were there. I don't know. It was just it was just great community fun fly. Uh, Patrick Mock, one of the club members, I had some great conversations with Steve Shaw, who I finally yeah. made fly on Sunday, because I'm like, you've been working your butt <laughs> nice. off. I see you fly something. That's good. Um, so We got to hang out while he flew on Sunday. Great to see Steve. Had a bunch of fun conversations with him. Fun to see the Free Fall RC podcast guys hung out with Kevin and Andy from that podcast for a little while. Um, I talked to
3: Patrick at length at the end of the event. Him and I are into the same kind of music, which is weird crap so, I'm a, a big Stephen Wilson Porcupine Tree fan, and he is too. We sat there and talked about it. Nice.
1: <laughs> so, all in all, if you can't tell from hearing us get this far, you should put this fun fly in your calendar. Perfect weather, you know. Very basic field, but you know all the things you needed a fun flyer there. You know, there's RV camping and and a shelter and board Johns on a field. And, and a great way to end the season.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. a nice warm way to escape the impending cold weather if you're where i live or somewhere up north more
1: i know i was super appreciating that weather as i drove home it was like torrential downpour once you got out of florida and the temperatures were just dropping from like 80 degrees when i left dude to i like was thinking
2: about kenny kenny driving degrees. in that the whole time going i'm so sorry for kenny i didn't get any rain but it did drop and drop it was like 35 or 4 when i got home oh
1: yeah it was terrible <laughs> the drive home on on saturday sunday afternoon sorry it was
2: awful oh and kenny you had
1: your wife weather. there too it was cool to meet her
2: Yep, she's she comes to some, depends on where it's at or what we're doing, you know. She'll come How to like you every other. How to
1: get in a car for 12 hours? I, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I mean, I she's used had to it at now. least
3: a moderately good time hanging out with people.
2: Yeah, that's our 11th yeah. time down there, and it's like almost 14 hours. So you can do the math. It's like 24 straight she's days scared. of driving if you <laughs> add all those up. I guess that means it's worth going, right?
1: Yeah. I guess so. Absolutely
2: goose guy rs7
1: we all got to see that at the fun fly what did you all think of that helicopter
3: it was pretty sexy
1: it looks pretty nice it looks like a
3: number of different helicopters had a baby <laughs> which is great
1: yeah it's interesting it looks it looks beefy to me which is the opposite of what i thought when i saw it in photos
0: in photos totally it looks like that.
1: the frame profile doesn't look super strong but right now dude the, thickness of the carbon and the size of the shafts on that tail is huge. shaft so when i saw it when i saw it and how beefy it was i went this
3: thing has to be heavy and they had a scale there and i weighed it and i weighed my my raw 700 that have similar gear in them they weigh like identical weights 8.4 pounds that was cool
1: yeah i think it was gonna be a great helicopter certainly flew well in the hands of you know Awesome There's pilots. A like, few people that flew, that flew it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm intrigued and I may have pre-ordered one. I'm terrible. Oh. Huh. I've got some stuff for sale to make room for it. So, cause trying not to expand the fleet. So.
2: Some of your stuff or the wife's stuff or. <laughs> <laughs> some of my wife's shoes. <laughs> she doesn't know yet.
1: If only it were that easy. Um, <laughs> all right. I think that about wraps it up on Winter Bash unless anybody's got anything else they want to add. I want to go back.
2: I have a bug story. Oh. Like, uh, Uh,
1: I actually
3: want to hear the bug story because they were gross.
2: It's kind of like the mosquito story. It made me think of it. So I think it was probably 2016 or 17. I decided, okay, I'm just going to, if I get down there either Thursday or Friday night, I'm just going to put a tent up in camp at the field and put the tent up during the day, you know, left it zipped up and everything. So nothing got in there like bugs or anything, but, Later on, you know, sun's down and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to go in here and, you know, it's finally time to go to 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 go to go bed or whatever. I turned a flashlight on and shine it around and I realize there's a million little eyeballs staring at me all over the field on the ground out there. And I guess this is always like that. It was just a ton of little baby spiders. So the whole field has like baby spiders like all over it, it looks like at nighttime. You just see like yeah. glowing eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Luckily, though, if you keep your tent, you know, I didn't get anything in the tent, but It was definitely a little bit crazy looking like, oh, God, there's millions of spiders everywhere. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh. You you need to put that snake in there and leave. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Sleep with a snake in your tent. You'll be good. You're safe (laughs) now. (laughs) The
1: the city won't allow tent camping anymore. I tent camped there two years ago. The temperatures were not quite as high as this time, but definitely preferred the hotel route this time. (laughs) Oh, yeah all right well i think that about wraps it up for the winter bash definitely get it on your calendar for next year once they announce dates we'll uh, be sure and announce those here if they announce them soon i'd like to know because i'm ready to book it now right <laughs> so come on steve let's hear it one of the dates for next time all right with that let's go ahead and get into some news lots of news dude let's do it
0: And now, with all the news from inside the RC helicopter hobby, we bring you the Rota Report.
1: All right, Alex,
3: why don't you uh, go ahead and kick us off this week? Man, big news coming out of Blackout Mod's gas-powered helicopters. So they have... He's been kind of working on evolutionizing his design for the XL power the v2 gas power conversion and there is a new monocoque design and if you if you aren't familiar with gas powered helicopters I don't think you're going to see exactly why this is as big a deal as it is and it's not just because it's a monocoque design but one of the things that has been happening through the design and the changes that have been going on in gas powered helicopters is if you remember the original align conversions and things like that or the Protos or whatever it is, the engine's way down in the bottom where the landing skids are. And there would have to even be a tray on, or a plate or something on the bottom of the engine to try to keep it from getting blast grades. Glass, grass, grass blades up inside of the fan because it, it was mounted upside down. And then we've seen with the XL, it was kind of the first time where the engine was moved up farther toward the nose of the helicopter, but also up in, up higher, giving it a better center of gravity. And if you look further at that monocoque design, the engine is now upside down to where the fan is on the top instead of the bottom, which means the mass of the helicopter is now in line with the boom. So this thing should roll really well. It's going to come with a fuel tank tubing, everything you need yourself. So typically with a gas power conversion from blackout, you would have to source a lot of the stuff yourself. You need to find your own fuel tank figure out the carb arms that you wanted to use, the control rods and all that stuff maybe didn't come with it. So this is going to be a different conversion from them. It's going to be kind of all-inclusive. So the, o- the only parts left now from XL are the head and the tail and the boom is basically it. It'll be a really unique thing coming out coming out from there. I'm, I'm sure it will not be cheap Is the, is the thing that concerns, I'm, I'm sure, a lot of people with something like this because you're buying a helicopter and a conversion kit. man it's gonna be light and it's gonna fly really well i can tell you just look at the design
2: yeah with that cg layout it looks pretty nice like it's gonna it is sick flip so nice in that
3: monocoque design you're also losing some of the aluminum pieces that are around the fan shroud and things like that so it's lightening it up even more by removing parts of the engine cover so it's it's really cool is this something that would be more to consider with it being lighter and having a better power to rate ratio is that something that people are going to like, or is the crash expense something that you really are considering when you're building a model? How big is that gas powered or how big is the crash expense to you guys?
2: Yeah, I think that's gonna be the deciding factor is seeing what blackouts replacement parts cost is and you know and everything's custom,
0: but it might still be worth it to have the performance too oh yeah, I think true fans of of gas or wouldn't mind at all so
3: yeah i'm excited to see it this is i think this is going to be something that you won't necessarily need or have the need for a the big tomb pipe on the side i'm, inch, I'm interested to see how this does on the regular muffler
1: mm-hmm. just to ask a stupid question what does monocoque design mean instead of there being multiple pieces to the frame
3: that all go together to make everything work it is one one two freaking
2: clamshells
3: that come together and go around the engine and everything. All
2: kind time. of like the lower halves of the M7. They're coming out with like a molded design, I guess. Yeah, it's
3: going to be all big one. Molded molded pieces that are curved that go around the engine and everything. It's really cool. Cool. I okay. mean, it might be expensive, but dude, this is some really cool stuff that he's
0: doing. Very cool.
1: Yeah, it's nice to see all the innovation going on in the gaster space. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like nitros, right? There's not a ton of money in any of this, so the fact that people are pouring their heart and soul into these kits to come out with these conversions. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Dennis, who
3: is in Greece at design, these things are very passionate. He's it's cool. Seeing the, the ideas that are coming out. So yeah, hundred percent. Cool. Moving on from there. Goose guy has uh, some new boom colors for the RS four. So there's a variety of different ones you can get, which kind of follows, right. The trends of that most manufacturers have with different colored canopies and booms nowadays. And I would assume the RS7 will have the same thing that comes out. You've already seen the different canopy options that are on Facebook from the Thailand event. Yeah, I don't know. Super cool to see the booms too. I'm going to add in there. If, if I saw today that Goose Guy also released the Ben Stork and Jamie Robertson canopy editions for the S1. with their So there's a blue one for Ben Stork with Ben Stork's uh, signature on it and a red one for Jamie with Jamie's signature on it.
1: Oh, that's fine. I missed that. I saw the red and blue, God. but I didn't notice that they were Ben and Jamie editions. That's cool. Usually, if you're buying
3: an edition like that, a little bit of the money that you're spending on something like that goes back to the pilot. So it's a great way to also support the pilot that you like. I know it can't be much on a little canopy thing, but I still think it's cool that Goose Guys doing that.
2: That's I want to see a video release of them actually signing that little canopy. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I bet we can get that. I bet I bet we can get that done, dude. We need to see oh, yeah.
3: that. Pre-orders are now available also for the Goose Guy, the 700, the RS7. And like I said, I did get a chance to weigh it. it, it it's about the same as a, a standard raw 700, but with some pretty beefy parts on it. Pretty cool. The kit without blades is 799 And if you want a kit that comes with Azur main and Tails, it's 899 which is pretty freaking reasonable.
1: Yeah, it seems in line with just about all the other 700 kits on yeah. the market. So, we expect that to be around if you pre order.
3: Hopefully, you'll get that one in February. I have not seen the price on the OMP M7, but if you Google it, there are placeholders out there on the Buddy RC webpage and it lists it for $9,999. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we don't know, like, exactly don't know exactly when
2: it's coming out. From what I saw, it looks like the kit, if it's coming as it's described, it's going to have RotorTech Ultimate 700 blades with 106 tails on it, okay. and I see. think the Sunny Sky motor, the 4530 uh, 518kV will be coming with that kit also, so it should oh. be a nice package.
3: That is a nice package. If they're able to package it like that. Motor oh, and forward. blades, interesting. Yeah, you haven't seen anything like that except from Align, pretty much.
1: Yeah. Tron's starting to play with super combos now as well. Oh, I didn't see that. Didn't yeah, know. they've got a, a... Yeah,
2: there's a couple.
1: Yeah, they got like a motor. I think it their own brand motor. I'm not sure who's making it for them. I think that, the
2: dynamic comes that way. Yeah,
1: yep. Or it is optionally available that way. Yeah, you can still buy it without. Cool. Right on, man. I don't know. I think I got a feeling the goose guy is going to sell really well. But we'll see. Curious to see what happens when it gets in the hands of, of everyday modelers and how well it performs.
3: I would like to think that it was so well also, but we are starting to get into a crowded space with all the 700 models that are strangely available all of a sudden. It's
2: Our shows at home are going to become crowded probably is yeah. what's happening, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Goose Guy, OMP, XL Power, Soxos, SAB, I'm sure I'm missing some, Steam. There's the new and the Steam one, yeah. That's six 700s available.
3: It is becoming
2: saturated, but then if you go back three or four all years line, ago, there the was just a few. That's yeah right. I
3: know it's be, yeah like Kenny was saying a few years ago there were like three Th- they were primary that's
2: it yeah that's
0: it. yeah. I mean well, we're, I leaving some, we're leaving some we're leaving
3: some stuff out we're leaving miniature aircraft they've been around for a long time but yeah, yep. yeah, oh, other eight. Kids, oh, yeah
2: but they're just not as widely used by everybody and it was a little some of them were just because of difficulty getting parts or just you know supply yeah. basically mm-hmm.
1: Soxos that's nine yeah seven hundreds it's crazy Huh, cool. That's, that's got to be good for the hobby. It's great that we have choices, honestly, versus having just a couple of brands. All right, I brought a little bit of news as well. So FR Sky Radios have a Facebook group called the FR Sky Ethos Group. Ethos is the name of the software that comes on board their radios. And we noticed kind of a cool initiative on that group to compile a master list of all of the how-to videos on the Ethos software which I thought was awesome. And I just kind of wanted to shout this out. So it's not just videos that they as a business produced. It's all of the videos that anybody in the community has produced that are good and accurate. So there's a lot of guys in, and I'm sure OpenTX is probably the same, like these independent content creators that are really digging into these platforms and coming out with cool how-to videos like here's how you do you know this unique mixing scenario or here's how you program and add your own custom voices or whatever but anyway they've got this master pdf list they're compiling with the help of the community to basically just have a fact that's video a video based you know faq mm-hmm. which is awesome i think that'd be great if you know multiple manufacturers in the hobby did that and said hey if you're interested in our product here's all the community created videos on the subject yeah, that we cool. approve of and did a good job yeah you know? Uh, And speaking of ethos, keep an eye out for version 1.5 of the ethos software. That should be coming out sometime in the not too distant future as well. Cool.
2: All right. With that, Kenny, what do you got? Uh, Speaking of uh, 700 kits, HardcoreRCproducts.com, Tony Whiteside's new store has the the Steam AK700 is now available for pre-order. It's 749 US dollars. And uh, we don't seem to have too many details on what comes with the kit or, you know, basic specs just yet. But I'm sure that will follow up pretty soon or we can get a hold of Tony and find out more precise details on how that's packaged. In other new model news, we're starting to see the new Strike 6.1 is a 600-sized helicopter. We've seen it in the hands of some of the team pilots already. We'll be sure to share more details once we get them. Any idea on price or anything? Have you seen anything? It looks like on helihanger.ca, I'm seeing the possible base kit coming with uh, main rotor blades, first RC 600 millimeters and tail blades, 95 millimeter first RC also. And it appears that if that's the right pricing, it would be 764 US dollars for the base kit. And it also looks like they have a combo that they're listing. And if that's if that's all correct information, it would be a Hobbywing 120 with their own motor it's a first 4125 1100KV and also with their own servos a 3010MG it's called which I've never seen those so I'm not really sure on the specs on those and there's also a 3015MG tail servo that would be included okay. in that kit and I'm sure that's going to be a different price I'm look it's looking like the 764 was probably the base kit
1: yeah yeah we're we're basically sneaking around finding some websites that maybe showing some early pricing as they're you know putting placeholders out kind of thing cool thanks kenny brian over to you for a little while here
0: all right so we can jump back over to facebook and congratulate the rc heli hangout group they recently turned seven years old so we just want to say happy birthday to that group and the community of pilots that support it that's awesome Uh, yeah Big woohoo! Big woohoo! Congrats to uh, Frank and Chris. Absolutely, all the uh, administrators. I think is an administrator as well. So it's not easy to to administrate some of those groups, man. So good job for those guys. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and yeah, you know, the the RC Heli Hangout group was one of the first helicopter groups, I guess you know, on Facebook. Uh, yeah. That community. It was definitely one of the first ones I found. Back in 2019 when I got started again. So uh, it was pretty good to get, you know, join it and see all the the various posts. On and all I'm the aware there,
3: there's other ones, but this is the biggest one.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the biggest one. There are many others, right? But this was kind of the originator. It's been there for a minute. So congrats to those guys on that.
2: Yeah, most of the stuff up, I see up, is coming from there. Or there's one called RC Helicopters. Most of my feeds yeah. are Heli Hangout, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got that one. I got a few scale groups that I've joined, of course, and some F3C stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's good to see uh, just a huge community of helicopter pilots on Facebook, period. So, cool. Agreed. In other news,
2: Frank got back down to Miami to get some biscuits and gravy, if anybody saw that. <laughs> I
0: saw that picture. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> Nastiness. Frank posted that picture several times. He loves those biscuits and gravy. Yeah, yeah. He sure does. Hey, it's good shit, man. Hey,
3: I love biscuits and gravy.
0: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. All right. But anyway, so far, UK listeners, right? Midland Helicopters in the UK seem to be offering the good old Excel Power trade-in special, right? That we've seen since Black Friday up in November. But here's the the catch with them, though. They're going to honor those prices, those sell prices of the trade-in. But you don't have to trade in a bird but mm. it's only for what they have in stock, right? So it's kind of this first come, first serve basis, right? So if you're listening to this and, and and they're still available, jump on the website as soon as you can to take advantage of that special. You don't have to trade in your 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 broken bird sitting in the corner of your room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, special thanks to uh, Darren uh, Faulkner for, for pointing that out to us. He kind of sent us a chat to let us know that so kudos thank you darren for that also at midland they have announced a new team manager the talented rob bingham will be leading the team now rob is is well as a well-known figure in the uk heli scene and a talented builder with quite a well-kitted shop that includes a variety of fabrication tools right so congrats to you rob so well deserved when you say variety nice, of fabrication
3: probably. tools, he's into CNC work and different things like that also. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Does a lot of
3: yeah, work. Rob's on... pretty
0: big in the community, too. I see him post a lot of things up there, so congrats, Rob. Super yeah, custom product.
1: fabricates a bunch of stuff for nitros, all kinds of stuff. Yep. And gassers. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good dude. Yep. And speaking of Rob Bingham, and I, we kind of talked about this earlier, if you're thinking of installing the AG01V gimbals in your V-Control rob's got a great video on his youtube channel that details the entire process so if you search for rob bingham you'll find it that's the video i used when i installed mine because i did also pick up a set of those and put them in the new evo so give that a look but while rob's video this week gets an honorable mention we want to shout out a different video this week for the rotor replay All right. So this week I wanted to nominate the Facebook live video that our very own Alex Dean did showing a tour of BK team pilot Manny Nino's toolbox slash spare parts organizer. Uh, it, It not only showcases the value of flying just one brand and how you can bring just about any spare you need to the field, but also just kind of a really well organized toolbox. Looks like I was seriously... I don't know, I was envious. I love super neat, super OCD kind of stuff. And it was it was awesome. Alex, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Well, we were,
3: so me and, and Greg Ringle were just standing there talking to Manny. And, and and Manny had already helped me out with a couple of little screws and things like that that he pulled out of that box. And someone walks over who's having a problem with their nitro. And they're like, man, my regulator, it's sticking. I've washed it out. I can't get it to work. Blah, blah, blah. And Manny's like, I have one. It's in my box. And he like knew exactly where it was in the box. It wasn't like he had to dig through it like I would. And, and me and Greg Ringel are standing there and I go, wait, what? Let, let's just show everyone this because this was amazing, the organization here. So we ended up taking a, a, some time and I hadn't actually go- gone through this box. So it was new for me also. But the way that he has organized things in there with when you open the lid and there's a magnet that holds the little scissors that you might need easy access to and things like that we're really unique, really thoughtful and really smart. Also, I'm, I plan on buying the box that he has and literally copying it to a T because I am not an organizational person. I have to, I have to have my wife help me organize my room every once in a while. I'm just a, this room is cluttered. It's just disturbing to walk in here.
2: My boxes Uh, start out like organized and then over time end up with spare parts poured into them and pieces and, you know, they end up disorganized, even though I start out with organizers and boxes. I, with a, I
3: think if you do a box like Manny has done, it won't become that because everything actually has its spot, has its
2: place. Yeah,
3: it's and it's not just everything has its place, but everything is very purposeful. The things that you need are there. And if you have someone or, you know, you're going to be going to an event where someone's going to need something or you want to be able to be helpful, man, this is the thing to have. I was. I was super impressed. So we went through it from top to bottom. He opens and shows you little modifications and things that he's made to it. How to make those modifications? Where he got the tools? He talks about, you know, the the soldering iron that he uses that runs off a battery. Uh, he has a Dremel tool in there and things like that. So it was you cool. Start
2: a business, neat, neatos, neat boxes or something. <laughs> yes. I mean, we already got a name for it. P- pretty neat tackle boxes. <laughs>
1: yeah right i mean we'd, we'd probably pay a pretty penny for that to just be delivered to you just done like if, if manny would would be willing to put i think the thing weighs weighs quite a bit if
3: if i could buy that box i would be happy to pay additional money to have it delivered to me that way yeah yeah i yeah. was super impressed it was awesome well
1: done manny very cool it was funny yep. too
3: because we, we were going through it and there's people standing around like they I didn't know this was going to be as interesting of a video as it ended up being. So,
1: yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I, uh, nice. watching it, I didn't know either. And then I just got hooked. I was like, wow, this is cool. Like, as soon as I saw the scissors
0: on the magnet on the exactly. lid, I was like, oh, this, this is not your regular toolbox. No. You know, it was so funny, too. I was sitting there watching it as well. And, <laughs> and you guys played off of his last name. He said, that's neato. And I said the same thing. And I was like, Oh my God, I started cracking up laughing. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I think anytime
3: anyway, Greg Ringel and I get together, when we feed off each other, just saying stupid stuff. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> it works. Oh, uh, you guys did a great job and I'm glad you showcased it. Cause it, it's a worthy of show, being showcased for sure.
3: super cool, man.
1: We'll make sure that we go ahead and post a link to that on our uh, Facebook page. Yeah. And shout out Manny. Good job, and thank
3: you again. You saved me a couple of times at that box over the weekend. Right on.
0: Brian, any any event news this week? No event news this week. I think you guys kind of concluded out the season at the Winter Bash there in Orlando. Or if there are any others, we don't know about them. Which, which brings us to the new season. So... If if you do have some fun flies that you would like to share with us and have a showcase for you from our show, please give us a shout out and we will shout you out and your show from anywhere around the world, right? We don't care where it's from, not just here in the US, but over in the UK, Thailand, we did the Thailand one. So, so please reach out to us and we will be glad to uh, an- announce that and let the world know of your event. But, you know, it was a great 2023 season. Looking forward to 2024. So, yeah, man. Bring it. It And Broughton. Is that a word? (laughs) Could be. (laughs) All right, guys. So it's that time where you pour it all out on the table right here. You give us your rotor rage of the week. Really pisses me off. What do you got, Nick? What do you got, Nick?
1: Here's what pisses me off this time of year. When people complain because our tiny hobby industry can't respond like Amazon does when there's an issue and they write these long, obnoxious, blasting posts on social media attacking the retailer, the manufacturer, whatever it is. Whether it's a kit missing a part or a customer service inquiry that takes a couple days to get a response back from, you know, right after Black Friday, which by the way is the busiest hobby time of the year for these retailers. So most of these shops only have one or two people packing orders and answering customer service questions. And then during the busy holiday shopping season and Black Friday, their volume is like 10 times, literally a factor of 10 more than, you know, what usually runs through their shops. So then on Amazon, they don't have a huge call center and teams of people to answer phone calls and emails 24 hours a day. So when it takes a minute, the last thing you should do is blast them on social media. That's just never the answer. So have patience try their phone numbers if that's better for you do so during business hours and just just remember what a small hobby we really are honestly patience is the small price you have to pay during these times of year to get those black Friday deals
0: so absolutely
2: yeah, i well could said. add something to that too like a lot of well people said. worry more about the you know when their orders if it's already shipped you know there's also nothing that the retailer can do about that you know it's already out the door and it's usually usps or you know, FedEx lost it or whatever for a few days. You just have to be patient and wait for it to come. And I've had this happen to me a couple of times recently, but you just wait it out a few days and then usually it shows up or whatever. You know, there's no reason to get too excited about it until you know exactly where it's at or what's going on, you know. And I'm sure they're very busy right now also.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on this time of year. You know, we're going straight from Black Friday into Christmas sales and all that. So just all I'm saying is just remember what small operations these are, you know. Um, Absolutely. And and give them some grace. Alright, that wraps it up for the news this week. If you have something you'd like us to share on the news, or something you want to point out to us to consider for the rotor replay, or maybe something you're angry about, and hope we are too, you can hit us up via email at questions at rotorrevolution. And with that, that's all we have for the news this week. Hey guys, this is Burke Hammer with BK Hobbies, and you're listening to Rotor Revolution RC Podcast. All right, we're going to do kind of a, a mini main topic since we did sort of a lengthy update to cover the Winter Bash here, and since this will be one of our last episodes of this year before we get into next year, I want to talk about just kind of what our personal goals are. Let's let's go on the record talk about. what our personal hobby goals are for next year. What do we want to commit to having completed by the end of the year? Whether it's reorganizing our workshop, or maneuvers we want to learn, or fun flies we want to send Whatever it can be. There's no rules here. Does anybody want to go first here? Talk a little bit about uh, what they hope to get done next year. Oh, Alex, your hands I, I, up. I
3: would like to go. I would like to go first. For for, for those of us listening, I have my hand in the air like I was sitting in a classroom. <laughs> For me, goals for next year. I I actually enjoy simming, but I end up aimlessly flying around part of that time rather than actually focusing on what I'm doing. And I've been tr- I've been working on twelve point TikToks a lot, and one of the things that's really worked for me in Helix is slowing the time down and actually working the, manu- the, the maneuver with the six. Because with it slowed down, you can see the disc moving from side to side or whatever you're doing when you're putting those those inputs in. So I, I I love the videos that this RC helicopter Richard guy does on YouTube, which is basically walking you through usually fairly complicated maneuvers and how to do them. And I, I want to spend my time, maybe I need to break it down. So if, if I'm, if I'm on the sim for more than like 10 minutes or something like that, I just walk away from it. But I want to be more purposeful with that and have it translate to the field. Because it's easy to say I can do something on the sim and then not actually do it at the field. Like I know that I can do rolling circles, I didn't do them at the Fun Fly. I don't know why. Maybe maybe I just forgot what I can do when I was there. But one of
2: the things I did finally remember to do a few times while I was there. It's it's one of the things I just forget. Yeah, why did I I not do them?
3: Do that. But yeah, I want to sim with a purpose this year. That's that's one of my things. I think Nick called me out while I was at the Fun Fly. He goes, "You said you were going to do an inverted auto," and I went. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I can was do fine. those, but I'm afraid of those. Uh, I'm afraid of those for a couple of different reasons. I've had I've had mishaps where you're landing on concrete, where you just come down hard and it kind of smashes a machine. But I need to just get over that. And if you do it, if you can auto,
2: I can auto every 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 flight. I can auto and be happy doing it. Well, you I should could. have got me to do one, Nick, because last year I did that in the auto contest. I went way up in the air, went inverted, came flying down real fast, but then I hit hold about halfway down, and <laughs> I just forgot what I was doing like that I was even in hold and I was just gliding along <laughs> no. and I was like uh-oh slowing down way too much you know so I had to actually like go almost over the netting there and then flip it back out of hold and, and flip it back over I still landed bounced off the LA pad, but it was not what I wanted
3: but if you do it every flight it would become natural and not a thing that you it's just something you do in your flights like flying that's the inverter. thing I
2: never like do them so it was just like okay I'm gonna do this and it didn't work out because I don't practice it all the time
3: well, I'm gonna do them every time I'm out at the field I wanna say I'll end every flight with an inverted, but maybe not every flight, but I wanna do an inverted auto every single time while I'm out. So I'm also a big fan of I, I love the technical and precision flying stuff that like you see Nick Maxwell do. I I did something with Ben Storick recently where I was out there asking him to do maneuvers and he does them so well. So I wanna maybe spend some time learning some of the F three M maneuvers outside of just rolling loops and or pirouetting loops and rolling circles. I love those things. I'm I'm working. I've been working on the time machine for a long time and maybe it's time for me to finish that one.
2: Like Emmett Brown. (laughs) I've been working on the time machine way too long. Yes.
3: So those are really my three primary things. I want to sim with a purpose. I need to, I need to finish just doing inverted autos all the time and spend some more time on the F3 and maneuvers and things like that. I don't know that I'll ever compete, but. I like the way those maneuvers look. And when you work them into a 3D routine, it's really cool.
1: Nice. Right on. sounds like good goals. I like it. Yes. Who's next? Who wants to go?
0: I'll All go right. next. All right. Go ahead, Brian. What are, you, what, uh, yeah. what are your goals for next year? So, yeah, a few of them. So at the field, right, with the new season and the, the modified rule set now for the FAI F3C routines. Definitely want to learn those. So I'm going to, you know, just diligently hit those really hard at the field. Maybe get back to my regimen of, you know, some fifteen to twenty hours a week at the field practicing and learning. So I really want to get deep into learning those because, you know, next next year is is the USA team trials. I mean, we're all going to try it, of course. I can only cross my fingers that I would make that team, but the goal would be to at least learn these new routines. So two years from now, when then we have the new trial, I want to be on that team, right? So I, I do have high expectations for 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 well three years from now to do to do that. But this year I really want to gain the experience uh competing with those top-notch pilots. So practice, practice, practice. Definitely gonna gonna do that. With those new routines though, is a lot more inverted flying, forward flying. So I, I really need to practice some inverted forward flying circuits, like doing just ovals or even, you know, figure eights just to really get those orientations down pat. Because my problem with, I, I tried to practice the one maneuver. My problem is like, I can't keep my disc flat. So when I do pull up, I'm, I'm going crooked, right? Because I'm not as flat as I should be. So I need to practice that more. So I'm going to, I'm going to start practicing a lot more of those inverted forward flight circuits. In the, the the skill world of things, I know the skill community, some of those leaders are trying to really streamline and make, I guess, the rule set of, of how you compete with your skill birds a little bit more intuitive to understand. So they've reached out to, to pilots throughout the community to, to kind of help With that, and so I've been nudged on my shoulders to help out. So I want to help with the scale community leaders and and kind of setting up some of those new rules and all of that good stuff. So that'll be a lot of fun. On top of continue to build my next bird too. So looking forward to that. And yeah, and just you know try to attend as many fun flies as possible. Of course, I you know have my four that I compete at, and then I normally attend two additional. Kind of the 3D fun flies, so you know, you know, a goal of six fun flies per year, even with the competitions, is is where I'm at. So, looking forward to that. And then, oh, so so on the workbench itself. Now, talked about building my birds, but yeah, my room, man, it's just it's it's a bit unorganized. So so definitely want to get in here. And I've seen some YouTube videos where some guys build some really organized cabinets to put their tools, I want to follow suit to those and, and just really organize my room and make it a, a hell of a lot more better than the way it is right now. Because like now I get lost in here. I'm like, damn, where is that? You know, I have Q-tips. Like where are my Q-tips at? Oh, they're over there in that corner. So I just want to organize my room. So, you know, it just it's just better, you know, to build and work on my birds this year. So those are my goals for 2024.
1: I know, man. Sounds like some good stuff and reasonable too. Everybody's goals actually sound like, Achievable
0: yeah yeah exactly, which is good. All
1: right, I I'm dig into mine here for a second. so this year, the hardest part about this year has been losing access to the Atlanta RC field, which is my or was my lunch flying spot. So at Winter Bash when I'm doing my same flight over and over again, there was this moment where I'm like, this is a completely flat progress here. I don't think that my flying really progressed this year. I feel like I entered the year and exited the year with similar flying skill, and that's that's upsetting. It's kind of it's a bummer. So, I need to figure out either find a new lunch flying spot and I don't know that that's likely based on, you know, where I live, very much in the city. Uh what's acceptable lunch driving, Nick? Uh
3: 15 minutes. Okay. That's my I'm just problem. Curious. I'm I'm I've I've decided 25 minutes is acceptable because that's the closest thing I got.
1: Well, I guess what I would say is I can't be out of the house more than two hours total. That's that's a lunch flight. So if it's yeah. 15 minutes each way and I get 90 minutes of flying in, or I guess if it was 30 minutes each way and I get an hour of flying in, you know, knock
2: out. But five if you're there by
3: yourself, something. 30 minutes is enough to get quite a bit of practice in. If yeah, you're, you don't really have if to you're wait regimented. for
2: anybody. You can just keep back to back
0: within a yeah. few minutes. Especially if you take like four packs with you or something like right. that, right? Yeah. yeah, fully charged packs.
1: Yeah, but yeah. it was really nice when I could do that in ninety minutes here. You know, fifteen minutes each way, and then an hour flying. No perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. So I want to
1: figure out an analog for lunch flights if I can't find a spot. So is that a micro in the front yard? I don't know that that's really going to be a big driver of progress. It's fun. It it scratches an itch, but um, I think you can learn a lot on a micro. Nick. Yeah. And I did, I, you know, I learned to fly on micros and then graduated to bigger stuff, but I, th- I feel like what I really need to do is I need to force the simulator. So I don't really like simming and I need to figure out how to like it. You know I've tried VR simming, which is definitely way better. I've tried a variety of simulators. I just, I need to like, you know, they say the way to start a habit is to just do it. And once you do it, On a regular interval for such a period of time it becomes a habit and i need to make simming a habit because i don't know that you know either atlanta rc reopens next year which it might or i start simming on a regular basis but i need to make progress i don't want to exit the year flat again so that's the
2: only way i was able to make it like a habit last year when i did it more was just music or podcasts just something to keep your mind you know in another place while you're flying. So you get more time to, to practice and do the hand eye coordination that you need for the SIM, you know, cause it's not the same as real life, but it's not, just it's not as consistently good as doing, doing it. It just, it helps that way. Yeah. But things I want to work on
1: are inverted, inverted and inverted. I can hover inverted in some orientations, but I don't do it enough. And you sort of get to this point where you can sort of fly through being inverted for moments mm-hmm. and you learn all your flips and rolls and stuff. And it's no big deal, but I'm not, I can't do inverted circuits and, you know, I can do forwards and backwards in all orientations. And I want, I you I want to be able to do that inverted by the end of the year. So that's, that's my, my big goal. Um,
3: I have a, my bank one, Nick, I, I practice this also just hovering. Sometimes my mm-hmm. bank one is super low rates. Like, on V bar, it's like seventy or eighty, and I have the expo way up to like seventy, so you can like try to precision hover. I wonder if that would be a good way to start. I don't know. Yeah, I, was I don't know if that makes were... it
1: too low. I don't know. I mean, it's certainly worth playing with. I was intrigued when you were talking about that last time to see, but you know, I feel like on a seven hundred, it's it's not bad. Like I'm not scared to to do it inverted. I just need to do it more, and I need to do it in the sim, so that I'll have more confidence on the field.
2: Lots of figure eights, tail first and nose first. You know, that seems to help a lot. That's what I work on. Yeah, I can
1: either,
3: right? That stuff's boring, but...
2: Because when you you switch, you know, direction in the center, then you're getting your left and right in both orientations, you know, nose in or tail first. Mm -hmm. And that's where you really pick it up, but you just have to do it a lot.
1: Speaking of that, I enjoyed watching Greg Ringley fly Sunday morning. He did this flight that was basically all figure eights, but at the middle point, he was changing orientations constantly. So... He would do all these cool little transition moves, and then he'd be, you know, upright forwards, and then he'd be inverted backwards, and then he'd be, you know, just constantly flipping. And then, and I was like, "Wow, that does not look boring at all." He's someone um, that every time I see him, he's better. It's really fun watching that happen. Yeah, so that was cool. And then, additionally, I mean, that's the big one. But I'm going to try not to buy any more helicopters unless I sell one first. Um, so I don't want to grow my fleet any. If I want to try something new, then I need to make room for it. And then lastly on the rs7 which will probably be the only new helicopter next year maybe god i hope so maybe i should try a higher head speed build i've never done that i always am in this like 1400 to 1750 range on 700s which i really like i just enjoy that but maybe i should see how the other half lives and and you know gear it for 2000 rpm and just have one helicopter i can play around with that and then still have it at 1750 you know the range could be 1750 to 2000 for sure yeah I just play around with that. That's uh, that's what I got for next year. We'll see what happens. Kenny. Yeah, what Kenny. What do you got? What are you working on next year?
2: Goals for next year, didn't set too many. Just was things I could think of off the top of my head was trying to get to other flying events where I can't drive to them. So anything, you know, I mean there's it's not really a distance, sometimes just heading west, you know, is more difficult, you know, because of the time it takes to go out there. So maybe some west coast events I would like to get to or even Northeast, you know, where I'd have to fly and it's just difficult to drive to some of those really far ones if they're only a two-day event, you know, and you don't have enough time to really, you know, just schedule off four or five days to make a two-day event each time. There is one, you know, if it's super far away. So that brings to the next thing I was looking for is trying to find a larger case to put the helicopters in to do these far-off events. And I saw Alex had a nice gun case type thing where it's a rectangle, larger case. And I don't know if I want to go that route or if I want to go like a XL size golf case, you know, where it's got the larger size where you can put the full helicopter in there with just maybe the skids off or the blades off and the boom. So it's easier to pack up. And me, Alex has some info. He mentioned a few things about it and it looks like his works pretty well.
3: Mine works really well. You can definitely fit more in a golf case than you can mine. But mine is packed so well that if, when, tsa opens it it closes
2: it looks without. like left to right you have a little more space to like to put things side by side even yeah
3: yeah but if well, i guess what i liked them the most about it is that when you're traveling with it for me you, you that your heart is in that thing that you spent your time building and packing and i'm nervous about it and this time traveling when they opened it i wasn't freaking out i was like well it's fine at it all it's obvious how it goes back in there
2: do you guys, do you lock them shut too? I know some people put locks on them or they'll strap them shut with something just to prevent them coming up in, in flight or just by mishandling.
3: Mine's a Pelican style case. It's not coming open, but I do have TSA locks on it that are rifle locks, basically for rifle cases. So mine gotcha. is a Nanook 988, if you're interested in what I have. N-A-N-U-K. Or is it 988? Nanook 988. That's what I've got. It's not the cheapest case,
2: but it's freaking nice. Nice, I'll check
1: that out. Yeah, Nanook make great cases. My charge cases on Nanook, I have a bunch of those too for work.
2: Other goal is to work on the sim as well as everybody else, I think. I mean, that's pretty much a common goal of all of ours to improve each year in our maneuvers and just our flying precision and skill as well. And another thing is flying casual versus uh, flying in center stage. Like I'm, you know, I'm sure you guys do the same thing. You'll be like flying at your own field. You're just like, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then you're flying center stage or just at the event and you just, you know, like we were talking about earlier, just washes over you and you forget things or you just forget what you're going to do. And I need to work more on that also, you know, just like do more center stage flying or more stuff like that. So I'm back into the groove of doing that instead of hopping up there and, OK, people expect this or, you know, people are doing this. So I need to focus on that. And then you forget what you are actually going to do or what you do know to do. You know what I mean?
3: definitely happens that adrenaline kicks in and it's over
2: yeah that's it i mean just regulating the i it's not i don't know if it's not really fear it's just the fact that you're like okay i'm doing this now i'm being watched by more people and i'm not really sure what i want to do now (laughs) yeah you kind of just
0: lose track well kim let me ask you a quick question i mean is it can you can you practice a routine so you don't forget what you want to do.
2: Yeah. I know a lot of guys like Kyle Stacy, then when they do stuff, they really, they'll go through a song or two in their head or something, you know, and they yeah. play it through earbuds and they're just, they pound out flight and foot or flight just to get that same type of yeah. um, routine down. And that's, that's something I don't do, I guess. So it gets more scattered and I'm just like, right. not sure what right. I want to do next step. You know what I mean? So if I can yeah. get that on handle, I'll be great.
3: <laughs> I think that's a great goal right there. I want to oh. generate a routine.
2: Yeah, I think a routine, I mean, if of at least doing things, you know, and then maybe at the end or the beginning of that, start out with something that you're working on or, you know, just to piece it together over time, you know, you can keep doing what you know and then flow into the other things to where you can perfect
3: them. A lot of 3D flying or what we're doing is just freestyling it, right? Where it's just whatever happens yeah. is what's coming out. But if you mm-hmm. could even have a routine where, you know, I'm going to do some stuff and then I'm going to do, like you said, whatever, rolling circles. And then I'm going to yeah. come back and do this. I'm going to do these set things in my flight. That'd be easy. To yeah. Do.
2: Yeah. Instead of like pulling out of rolling circle and then just going up and doing something completely different and forgetting. Yeah. where you're at. <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. Other thing is another goal is to try to get out in like this year I was practicing usually twice a week, but it was never consistent. It would be like one, you know, Monday after work, I get out and do four or five flights batteries or nitro either way i do sometimes i'll take both to the field and do two or three flights on each which is another inconsistent thing maybe i should have a day where it's just electric and then another day where i only fly nitro you know so i'm not switching back and forth too much because i do a lot of switching with that and with models themselves so if i can be more consistent by getting out to the field and doing it the same days to maybe just do it monday and thursday or I got a Saturday morning and a, you know, just two days a week where it's consistency instead of sometimes I'll do two, two days early in the week and then I don't fly for five or six or seven days. And it's then you're, it's spread apart so much that you've already, you're, it's almost like starting over again when you go back out to practice the next week, you know, feels like you haven't flown in so long.
1: Yeah. I can relate to that. Well, like, but those are my know, immediate goals. I'm for sure I'll weeks. think of some more. Yeah. I yeah, right on the, uh, all good goals, man. All reasonable, nothing crazy. I don't know none of us are trying to make any leaps that are too big. It's stay like. calm
2: and fly on, right? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Like
1: that, yeah. And I'd <laughs> encourage everybody listening to kind of do the same thing, like spend ten minutes and try and write down some goals for yourself, reasonable goals. You know, if you're if you're just learning to hover, maybe pure flipping by the end of the year might be too big a leap. But think think about them, write them down, and
3: I just emailed my goals to myself so that I can save them.
1: I was gonna say I will save these goals off of the whiteboard here that we use, and then bury them at the bottom of it so that at the end. Okay, of, so I uh, wanted a. My goals were very vague, and I decided I wanted a tangible.
3: Okay, so I added something okay. to our whiteboard. I just what want to add it in the episode. I added. I, I don't know what these are actually called. Flipping funnels, where you start tail down inverted and flip over into nose down upright, and flip back down into tail tail down inverted.
1: Wow. And brian's brian's oh, hands are moving yeah, okay. and the way my brain is moving right now which is trying to like mechanically I have to move picture hand that
0: what saying? It's like yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah The am doing cool. circles like that
1: yeah. yeah oh i missed one of mine too which is i want to have better control of my funnels and i want to get tail down funnels i'm like really close to tail down funnels i got nose down down but i want to get Better control. I feel like if I tell myself to change the shape of the funnel, I don't have as good control of that as I'd like. And
3: RC Helicopter or, Richard has a great tutorial on that also.
1: Or or I'll, I'll drift with the wind in a funnel versus correcting to keep it in the same circle. Yeah. Uh, so, I'd like to get better at that as well. Alright, so that's uh, our goals for for next year. Looking forward to seeing what happens a year from now. Really looking forward to the next year together as a podcast. I enjoy each episode more and more in terms of getting the chance to work with you all. But that does it for this episode. So I will say uh, we've been sort of sharing our episodes in a variety of Facebook groups in order to draw more of you in. But eventually that'll slow down and we'll just kind of hang out on our own Facebook page. So if you haven't liked and followed our Facebook page, I would encourage you to do so. I'll tell you there will be some swag giveaway contests coming up soon got some stuff in the work it's nice there by so. the way nick you've done a good job oh thank you um yeah. and we want to share some of that with you all so do uh, like and follow the facebook page that's where you're going to find out about all of that if you haven't already go ahead and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and help others find the podcast you can find us on facebook by searching for rotor revolution rc podcast find us online at www.rotorrevolution.live. If you've got a listener question for us, you can hit us via email at questions at rotorevolution.live. And Brian, if folks want to get in touch with you directly, how would they go ahead and do that?
0: A couple of ways. So you can hit me up at brian at rotorevolution.live for email, or you can just hit me up on the Facebook messenger in which I get a lot of, I on pings, right? A lot of pings from folks, So. Facebook Messenger is best.
2: Kenny, what about you? Same. Facebook Messenger is the easiest way. We're Kenny at live. All right. And Alex?
3: Facebook Messenger is easiest for me. I sit at a computer all day. I'd be happy to talk
2: to you. (laughs) (laughs) You can hit me at Nick at Revolution. He promises it won't be a bot. (laughs) Maybe.
1: (laughs) you can find me at nick at rotorevolution.live with that thanks for listening thanks for being a part of the revolution and uh, we'll see you again in a couple of weeks
3: is my princess story ridiculous
0: no it was not (laughs) This concludes this episode of the Rotor Revolution RC podcast. To learn more, stay in touch with the team, and to join the Revolution, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash rotorrevolutionrcpodcast, or find us on the web at rotorrevolution.live. Help us spread the word and leave us a
2: review on your favorite podcast platform. For listener questions, advertising inquiries or to reach out to the entire team, email us at questions at rotorrevolution.ly. Thanks for listening.